Welcome to Let's Drone Out, the original and best drone-themed podcast. We record the show live on a Thursday night on youtube.com forward slash Let's Drone Out, and our lovely patrons help with the editing costs. These are... Wacky Wes. Mikey Dread. Art Faulkner. Carlos Campos. Thank you. Let's Drone Out Hello and welcome back to another episode of Let's Drone Out. Tonight you are joined by everyone's favourite curry kitten. Hello! Our Lord and Master, Andrew Slash Frank. Good evening. And a person who I've heard more about than I than ever before on Bardwell Stream, Crunked. What's up? What's up? The man with the golden pids for kiss, apparently. And I'm uh, I'm Jack, and I'm bright until I fly. Hello, hello, welcome. So, like these these guys didn't check the Google Doc, which is fine because like it's very rare that I even write into it. So like because I've done the correct thing, like it's all gone to. Sh- um, Frank, <laughs> like there's gonna be in in the private chat. There's gonna be like a little diagram of like what a pid loop is. I don't know whether you can show that in a bit. But because uh, I'm going to ask ask our guest to try and explain it to us, and it's literally going to be like you know, like the, you, you've got a pen full of monkeys and they're bashing rocks together. They ain't even got typewriters. They're just like you know, I, I'm I'm getting poo on everything. Curry kittens playing with sticks and rocks, and Frank's trying to take over the world. Uh, that, that's that's let's thrown out in a monkey pen, I reckon. But um. I've been chilling. I've been like uh, visiting uh, Joshua Bardwell, our friend uh, over there. He's been doing live streams, and um, I, I, I hear your name come up a lot. And I've, I also when he done the like uh, review of like um, modifying the Apex to digital FPV, he it, like your name came up again. And I believe that you offer not only a remote tuning service, but also someone can send you a quad for you to tune. Yep. And also they can send parts, you'll build it, tune it, and then send it back. Mm-hmm. Like, A, are you f- mad? <laughs> <laughs> and B, like, have you ever had a quad that you couldn't tune? Surely, you know with those like Cobra motors, you know, the silver bottom ones? Yeah. Man, I could I couldn't tune anything with them on. Yeah, those are those are old, but that would be definitely a challenge for sure, especially this day and age with everything being sensitive. But but yeah, crunkquads dot com. Uh, I def I offer a little service that it's like forty bucks, and I can review the log with you and go over it the best I can. It's you know from afar the the best uh, tool is your weakest link you know what i mean like uh so like as long as the person can reiterate what they're doing like if they can fly they can tell me exactly what's going on with the quad etc and give me dvr and a log in uh i can usually get them in the right path but of course there are those ones that 
come up that are very challenging or there's some type of physical problem with it, like a, a mechanical issue, like the motor's really loud or the frame is bad or it's just put to be, put together really poorly. Like the uh, stack will be just really loose or it'll be like a through hole flight controller with just gummies and they didn't secure like the, the way they secure the uh, stack together is straight through the stack with a nut on top. So like not like securing the, the, the bolt to the frame, you know, yep. and they're wondering why their gyro is just crazy. So there's just little stuff like that, that, that gets difficult to deal with. And that's when the, when you, if you send it to me, it's a little bit easier so, so what I'm interested to know, if it's not a complete trade secret, is your general sequence about, let's say something's flying and it's not an obvious physical problem and it just seems to be like a bit jittery, not as smooth as it could be. What what are the sort of key areas you start with and, and where do you go from there to, to pin down the small things? Uh, first, it's like the filtering. You know, first and foremost, you start at the filtering and make sure that the gyro is not letting through some goofy noise or you know, or maybe you're over-filtered. That happens a lot, especially with Betaflight lately. It's, it's over-filtered a lot because they assume that you have a total trash quad, <laughs> which is probably a good assumption. You know, play it on the safe side, let the filters be nice and conservative, and uh, you'll still you'll you'll get good performance. Your quad will fly, but you might not get like that locked-in, perfect feel. You know, no prop wash type thing out of the gate. But the, the first thing that you do is, is the filtering, and then you do the PD balance, and then you go into the PD gains. So that's like the basic sequence. Mm. So all the stuff I don't touch, basically, because I was like, filtering? That's, that's funny. I don't understand how that works. Do you know, I think it's, it's into two types of people. I think the, the types of people like me is like my quad flies – I've just driven 40 minutes to fly. I'm going to fly stuff and go home. It's like, I wish I had the luxury to go out there and just twiddle about and stuff, but I, ne- I never do. Uh, do. Do you have to go far to fly or can you just do it outside your house or something nice? Like well, I, I used to be able to just fly outside my house, but I recently moved, so I have to go somewhere to fly now. But thankfully, I've been able to find some spots that are pretty close by that have some trees, a little concrete, a little dirt. It's got a little bit of everything. So. Cool. It's just real quick to jump out there. It's five minutes away, but it is sort of a hassle to uh, to pack up all my stuff at my other house, where uh, I could just I could just literally open the slider and just fly. It was amazing. I like lived right up, butted up against a farm, so that was really cool. And that was that ended unfortunately about a like uh, two months ago. So I just moved. Sorry, moving on up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I liked that little lot, but it's okay. Moving on up. How are you doing this? Are you using the built-in lo- um, box for Betafly and then with Kiss? I'm guessing using the open logger. Well, for Kiss, there I don't. <clears throat> I try not to really do too much PID tuning because I mean PID tuning in the general sense of looking at a log. PID tuning in this we do do with Kiss is more like doing flips and rolls, reviewing the DVR, seeing if it's actually you know if it's bouncing around or not. And then yeah. adjusting from there because there's a lot less parameters to, to go along with that as well. And in KISS, there is no filter tuning. So it's just put your P somewhere, put your I somewhere, adjust your D, and that's it. It's, it's really that simple. It's, it, unless there's some type of mechanical problem, it really 
it, it hopefully becomes that simple because on Betaflight, Emu Flight, Falco X, every whatever flight you want to use, your quad should fly well on default. If it doesn't fly well on default, there's something probably wrong. That's the best way, the rule of thumb that I've come to find out is like, if, okay, you have, a, you have a problem quad, all your settings are are different. <laughs> I don't know if you knew what you were doing or not, but they're all changed. So go back to default and does the quad actually fly? Mm. I do that on a, on KISS as well, like fly defaults first and then go use my preset. And then from there, if you need to adjust, adjust, because my preset should get most quads pretty close. It's real close. And on all of my quads, I have over 45 quads now. And they all, not all of them are KISS. I think about 20, 20 of them now are KISS. But all of them are within this, within two tunes of each other. So it's mm. very close. What the hell? And how do you get access to your golden tune? Is it available or is, yeah. do you have to buy it from you? No, no, no. It's all on. It's in the KISS. Every, people don't know this. And it's, it's, it's been there for a long time. In the KISS UI, there's a drop yeah. down. That you can you can click on presets or user and you can click user yeah. and that drops down a giant repository of just a little database that they stood up so many years ago and you can go add your own etc and so it just pops into the ui and there, none of them are syndicated you know what i mean like kiss doesn't say use any of these they just say use yeah. default yeah so uh, you've got it what have you got labeled under crunk or like the yeah. kiss golden it's Crunk's golden starting point. There's one in there that's like called Crunk. I don't know how to delete them. I need to. I think there might be a delete button, but I need to go look. I haven't. I've just been lazy. But there's one in there called like Golden Starting. That's like needs to be deleted. It's the golden starting point. Crunk golden starting yeah. point. And that's like 4.2p. And it ups the I gains by about double. And then it ups the D gain to about 14.5 on roll and 16.5 on. Uh, pitch and that's mm-hmm. it it's it's a, it's really that simple with beta flight it's not that simple you know? mm. do you want to um so uh, do, do you want to have a little quick explain of what a pid loop is and then we'll go into like the maybe if you if you don't mind the the process of you know being sure. like how 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 do you tune lightly sure well a pid um, loop is a control loop um it happens many thousand times a second where it's looking at a set point versus the, in this case, the gyro or whatever other uh, thing you're trying to track. And they need to be close together. And if they're not close together, that's what's called error. And when error occurs, something will happen. Like that's, so in this, in this GIF right here, you can see the step response is coming down to be critically damped. So at first it doesn't have enough P. Now it has a lot of P. Now it has too much P. So now they're going to up the I gain a little bit, which I don't do that much. We can stay with defaults, but then you'll get this oscillation and you pull down D to get that first hump to make it critically damp. So that last image right there is what you're going for. And what we're actually looking at is like a manifestation of all of the um, the flips and rolls and roll rates, et cetera, versus the gyro. And it computed into a, what we call step response. And that's what the PID loop is doing is trying to keep gyro and set point as close together as possible. So anytime there's a deviation from the two, 
that's called error. And that's when the PID loop engages, starts either pushing or um, trying to stop something. P is for like pushing, I is error over time. It D is derivative, which is like fighting all motion is the best way okay. to think about it. Yeah, no worries. Because like I like another thing for later on is like I wonder, like you know, you you, you bring your your p up and then like how do you know you haven't overshot your p? Um, and and you know that sort of like balance between p and i because mm-hmm. like at one point like it was all about getting your p as low as possible with with your i like is that still the case or uh no actually it's it's really you want the most p possible you want the most p possible up until oscillation and then you want to back down ever so slightly hmm. so you want okay. to go to oscillate if uh reference um stinger swarms video from back in the day i'm sure everyone's seen who's tried to search for pid tuning or anything like that I'm, have you have you, any of you guys seen that Singer Swarm little video where he's doing it. I think it's the same. So. Yeah, same type of thing there. Um, right. But moving, yeah. When you go, when you push the P up too high, it'll go. It like kind of like yeah, flutter noise. back and forth, and you can hear it. Yeah. Um, and that's when you back it down a little bit, or you can give mm. it more D. So there's a balance of where you're at. That's where it gets a little tricky. Like it's if it, either you can bring your P up. Or you can, or I mean, you can keep your P where it's at and bring your D up and see if it if it evens out those oscillations. But that's really tuning it towards like the edge. Mm. You know what I mean? It's it yeah. always slightly confused me because whenever people talked about the P and D, they say start tuning it with a D of zero if you can, and then after you tune the P, bring your D up to the minimum. But after that point, you might have to go back again and retune the P because the D can affect the P. Is is that right? Do you have to go sort of in a loop until you sort this out? Yeah, and, um, and and what you're talking about is really the proper way like to do it from scratch. And to tell you the truth, with the way the defaults are, et cetera, I just start from default. It's so, it, it shortcuts all that having to zero everything. You know, like there was also a time, I don't know if maybe you've seen where the uh, UAV techs um, guide where he uses zero out, feed forward, etc. So you take that out of the equation, and then you start doing your PD balance, and you're getting your step response, and then from there you bring up your PD gains, and your PD gains will, you know, the higher you can go, you want to go as high as you can go until you hear oscillation or flyaway, and then dial it down a little bit. Um, but then you want to pull in a little feed forward, but. In, in the way that I personally do it, I have just done so many quads. I know where they're going to roughly be most of the time that I don't go to the extreme of doing what UAV Tech's uh, um, guide actually says to do step by step by step. I just sort of stash them all together, go to the end, go do some flips, give me a, give me a log. And then I can look at it. And I have like a I have like a, a script of settings that are really good for defaults for beta flights, uh, five inch classes. So I'll give them that and say, go use this as a baseline. Like I'll, we know that um, that uh, default flies well. So fly these pids in these settings, get a log of it, and come back, and that'll be the baseline. And then from there we adjust. So. Sometimes there's a lot of adjusting. Sometimes there's not a lot. 
sometimes that preset that I give them for beta flight hits pretty close. Sometimes it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Like I can say that five inch quads are the best and easiest to, to, to tune. Those are my favorite because the, they just seem to work. <laughs> they just yeah. work really well. Whereas like when you get into six, seven inch, you start getting shaking and oscillation and vibrations and stuff that really makes the quad fly like crap. And it's hard to get around because people want that performance. They want that no prop wash. They want that really tight feeling and gyro tracking set point tracking rather, but then they can't get it because they're, they need more filtering, et cetera, mm. because their quad is shaking or something. What, what about going to smaller quads? Is, is that worse than bigger quads or, because I know beta oh, is really built around five inches, isn't it? In, in terms of things like toothpicks or whoops, are they uh, trickier than the sort of larger ones? Or they can be tricky as well, especially if you don't have a black box log. Um, they make it it's much easier to diagnose if it does have a black box log because you know a lot of these AIOs, at least in the last year or two since I was in toothpicks, they didn't have black box logs on it at all. So you just had to tune it completely by hand just like kiss would, but beta flight. So those are more difficult, but now that I'm seeing more and more black boxes on these AIOs for toothpicks, et cetera, like in the beta FPV V3, I think the V2 might even have had like 16 mag or something, but having the black box log for, for um, beta flight really makes things, it makes it easier to get it really close. And then from there, tweak it. Cool. I remember when I flew, uh, like I, I, Borrowed my friend's, um, like, uh, well, he, he gave me a go of the, is it the HGLRC Sector one, uh, 132? It's, it was on, like, Beta Flight 4.2, and it was, like, a little, I think it's, like, a little three-inch, and, um, like, yeah, it I've was... Yeah, got one of those it, somewhere. Yeah, like, he found this tune, hang on, I'll, um, from, like, Spider Monkey... And like it, fl- it flew locked in. It was, it was this, this, this one, and uh, it, uh, it's the easily the best flying quad I've ever. Like it was just proper. It kind of went where you wanted it to, and I've never kind of managed to do that with my uh, five inch. But, but I think that's, I think that's because this is really light, and then the five inch has got the inertia. Whereas I would probably like miss not being able to like throw it around and have a bit of a glide slope i'm guessing i was gonna say there's there's certainly something to be done for people that know how to tune things properly because i say beta flight out of the box will generally fly quad pretty well but it's only when you fly something that has really been tuned well you're like actually this is really cool so i had one of the uh the immersion rc mojo 230s and that had sort of guest tunes so chad noak had one and did a tune and bot grinder did one and somebody else did one and all very different the way they flew but they were really really nice so nicely locked in and very very smooth so there's certainly something to be said for um getting someone to do it for you even if you don't want to do it because that's a Mm -hmm. that's a lot of hassle to learn (laughs) it is too lazy it took me a long time um it was. I learned things pretty quickly, uh, and I suppose when I when I really want to learn something, I really learn it, and it like it give me about two weeks, and I'll learn it. Like I, te- I'm a programmer, so I teach myself different programming languages. I taught myself Python overnight, 
stuff like that. So this was something that was, I didn't want to touch any code. I just wanted to make the damn thing fly well. And I had a bunch of quads that were just annoying. Like um, I would put on beta flight and I would fly in on 48 kilohertz and the thing would wobble and it would just drive me crazy. And that's really what sparked it was when it, we went to RPM filtering. And when we got the sliders, that's when I really like, it was like, this makes it so easy and understanding um, what a step response is and using PID toolbox. That's another really cool and good tool that I use to analyze the black box data, to look at the step response, look at the filter, um, the filter data. But really what I use it for is the step response. And that's the, that was really what made tuning easier for me, I think, was having that visualization, just like in that, um, that GIF we saw. That's what the step response is, and that's what PID Toolbox spits out for me to see, as long as you've done enough moves, like you've done enough snap moves, you know, like N. So N is your sample size. So as long as you have enough sample size, you get a good average and you have a good representation of your step response. And from there, <clears throat> you know what to add at over time. Like if you're look, if you're bouncing way or over it, you know you have too much P, or you need more D. You know, if you're way below the line, you know you have way too much D, or you don't have nowhere near enough P. So after some time, you just sort of catch on to those little things, especially when you see the data. So it's not that difficult with that with that tool at your. Uh, I'm going to write it down on my notes so I know about this. One day I'll have enough time to pitch you in something properly. Yeah, and it I'll makes it easy. Up. As long as you do the right flight, you get the right data in the log, you parse it through this tool, it spits out a step response. You know, I can just it takes me two seconds to know. You have need to take go left on PD balance or you need to turn up your PD balance by two ticks. And then it's eventually it's just boom. And it's you know, it's supposed to be snap and like stop on a dime. That's the whole I'm goal. I, I think I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to pay you and go on something like <laughs> Crunk's course because, like, we're re, like we're 20 minutes in, and I'm like, ah, uh, like the plastic forehead feeling. Yeah. Step response. That's important. Have you got any visualizations or anything for step response other than that gif? Just like, that gif. That gif is a really good <laughs> representation of step response. Actually, right now, um, Blake Sams is messaging me with a log for a six-inch tune. Um, he's from DRL. I've been helping him with a bunch of his quads. And I was just, I just a few minutes ago put uh, his one of his logs through uh, PID toolbox, got the step response. Mm. I was like, yeah, it looks good. <laughs> mm. What about notch filtering? What, say that again? Notch filtering. Do you bother with that? Do you remember, no. uh, like, uh, you, like, hang on, the old, mm -hmm. you know, uh, you know this malarkey never bother with any of that yep no we don't have to anymore with rpm filtering it's taken care of it's gone it's got it's not not a thing anymore no with your dynamic we have the dynamic notch which is crushing yeah. any residual noise and frame resonance from 90 to 350 or even up to 600 hertz depending on if you're on 4.2 or 4.3 um rpm filtering is just the sh it's really and so when you know it's it's more filtering. A lot of people don't know what it's doing. It's just a, it's just a you know a button that they toggled on bidirectional D shot, but it's actually a whole bank. It's a thirty six bank, might be forty eight. I think it's thirty six. So it's thirty six, 
12, 12, 12. It's three banks of 12 different notches at different harmonics, right? Mm-hmm. So you have a bunch more um, filtering going on. So you can turn off other filters. So you don't need all those LPFs on. You don't need a dynamic one that's going with your throttle. You just turn that off. Just like, you know, on UAV Tech's um, um, filtering discussions, he's talking about just turning LPFs off completely. And you can totally do that if your quad's clean enough. But most quads aren't that clean. And most of the time, what I do is set up a LPF1 statically at 300 hertz. And that acts as like a sweeper. So you put like a low-pass filter there. And anything over here where the RPM filter is cleaning anything out, anything that gets past it will then get crushed by the low-pass filter mm. as much as possible. Then down below down here, you are over here, I guess. You have the dynamic notch going to the peak noise and trying to crush out any residual resonance between the frequencies of what you have set. So as far as a notch goes... I haven't needed to use a not like a static notch in a while, and usually that's indicative of something being wrong. And that's Thank, thanks for what, and what the the filtering is doing is literally filtering out the noise that's you know, getting to the gyro, and then the flight controller sees that kind of as like oh I've I've moved really quickly, and it's actually just kind of vibration in in the quad. Um, and because the RPM filtering is just saying, okay, if the motors are going this fast, we'll ignore anything that's at that frequency or a multiple of that frequency because it's that's just going to be something to do with the motor flinging something around. And right. so it's probably not actual movement. It's just vibration. Right. Um, so that's, that's good to you... know that I've, I've personally just ignored filtering notch filtering for long enough that it's now not something i have to learn that's good i'm happy about that <laughs> yeah <laughs> you don't need a notch and um the only way you might need a notch is if you have some really goofy old beat up quad that's on kiss and you have a logger <laughs> i guess like if you have a logger for kiss and you look at the gyro data and notice that there's a giant spike at like 160 hertz that's not going away you could you could put something there, but I mean, really, like, really, if you have to put a notch on, there's usually something wrong, or you're on a really unique. Yeah, you get your like you're on a unique platform of some sort. Um, so, but a generically, like a four, five, and six inch quad should not require any type of like special filtering besides turning stuff off. So Aries is saying about uh, don't forget about frame resonance. So I guess that's mm-hmm. the case where. Maybe that's kind of maybe that's where it is, sort of something like an X class quad, um, right. where if you've got a oh. long enough arm, then there's going to be sort of a low enough frequency of the resonance of that arm that that arm wants to shake at, and whatever oh, kind of speeds the motor's going, it'll still be shaking at its own resonant frequency rather than the frequency of the motor. So there's going to be that right. other resonancy there, and that's right. where there's going to be some notch filtering that's going to be good because that's going to be a constant resonant frequency pretty much that you could put in a notch filter on. So I guess that's why when you get to a bigger quad, it gets all the more complicated. That's why they're still there, frankly. I mean, if you, if that's why they're still there, like that's why if you have a, a beta flights made for like a five inch race quad, 
but it can be ran on anything from a you know little tiny whip to a giant X class. So if you were flying an X class and you did need a notch, you got a notch. <laughs> um, but you know, for five inch and four, five, six, even three inch, you, your dynamic notch is going to crush a very high majority of that frame resonance out. So you shouldn't have much. And if you do get a different frame, <laughs> stop, stop attaching eccentric vibrating motors onto your, uh, onto your frames. Yep. Um, I, mean, I do love the way you're describing it as it's kind of sounds like a tower defense game where they're coming at you and you've got all these filters to try and crush them as they come. This episode was recorded in front of a live online audience, downloaded and edited to make sense when it's played audio only, censored to please the iTunes people, hosted on the internet, forwarded through to your podcast provider, downloaded, playing on your device, and is now playing in your ears, all thanks to our Patreons. Consider joining them and you'll also get other online benefits. Find out more at patreon.com forward slash let's drone out. Um, what's your personal favorite? You more be man, emu, kiss? I what's your favorite? personally prefer kiss and then I'm like Falco and then beta flight. But I, I have no idea about Falco. I like Falco a lot. It's a, uh, it's different. It's the best way to put it. Yeah. And what about the fat tech stuff? I have it all. I have play. I have uh, Kiss Fat Tech. I have Kiss mixed with Fat Tech. All of the above. I've got the Apex uh, OSD regulator. I've got the Wolf V3. I've got the old steel stuff. I've got oh, the 32 yeah. amp ESCs. I've got the 25 amp ESCs. Got the 45, the 35 Fat Tech. Yeah, I've got a, I've got the Fat Tech OSD. I've got all their products. We just got a question as well from from Wynn. Wynn says, "Crunk, can you ever see a day that pit tuning will be able to done to be done automated to a high standard by the FC?" Because you've talked about spe- specific responses to frequency and stuff, and sort of as a programmer, I'm sort of like you thinking, "Well, here's the thing. We've got a solution. Can that be automated in some way in order to fix a problem? Can can the flight controller detect?" what's going on and say, oh, I need to tune myself to a different way here and, and fix everything. I've thought about that and I think that it'd be really cool, but the uh, it's a little dangerous and I think that the only way that it could be done is through some type of, I mean, an algorithm probably could do it or just like an if-else statement, but maybe some AI. But I think you just need faster processor or some way to offload the data you get and you need some type of automated script to run a set, um, you know, set of motions. Like you need it to do 10 flips that are perfect. You need it to do 10 rolls that are perfect. You need to do punch outs. You need it to, to gather enough data that I would gather for it then to make a decision based on whatever data comes back. So I think it totally could be a thing. Why it's not a thing right now, I don't I don't really know. Hobby, this probably, is a hobby. <laughs> pro, I, I think it's probably because it, it, if you remember the early days of like a base flight, do you remember it had like an auto tune thing and all it would do is yeah. freak the f- out? I <laughs> remember it, it. Was it base flight or, or did clean flight yeah. have it? I, clean I remember flight happened as well. it on clean flight and what it would do, it would first do these little tips like that and yeah. then it would say, don't con- don't touch the control, but on a bit of wind, my quad is flying off down the field <laughs> and it's like, you shouldn't touch it because it'll have to reset. So See? it eventually got done and it was absolutely like a dog. 
It was really? worse than I could ever detune it myself. It was. Oh, well, there you go. Maybe that's already been tried. Maybe maybe there'll be a second iteration of that. Or re- I have to work with Dominic about that one. I remember yeah. Yeah. being in a field with Dominic trying an early version, well, f- multiple early versions of that auto-tune algorithm, and it was terrifying because um, the, I mean, that the, the one that I think got released was a, a little less violent than his early attempts. Um, but yeah, we, we we were genuinely concerned for our safety when he when he tried those out. Um, but um, I, I know that. Um, in, Thank you, guys. I mean, the the other one was the the tri flight, the tail tune for the the tail servo, also a pain in the ass. Uh, that that worked though. It did work. But it is the reason that I haven't flown my baby try is because I had to reflash it at some point and lose that. And then I haven't found another time and place that I've been bothered to wait for it to be still enough to actually leave it on that long enough to tune it. But never mind. But I mean, on, I mean, I've, I've seen a couple of videos of yours, I think, that are, are fixed wing as well. And I think in, uh, in INAV, right, there's, there's an auto tune with the INAV where you've, fly it in auto-tune mode and it you're just flying it around and then it, it kind of works it out for itself after that that'd um, be cool i mean if it works it works i don't hmm. have any experience with it that'd be really cool i just think that it's uh it needs to be used by more people i think the problem is is that there's such a big um subset of quads hmm. that you know if you were to do an auto-tune on like a hexacopter or something and I don't know. All of a sudden, it's lodged in someone's windshield. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I mean the, the the other kind of thing I I guess is that if you had something where you could model, because I mean the whole the whole point of it is the reason you're having to do some pit tuning is it's it you're trying to tell it how it needs to react in order to counteract. Uh, an external external input right and if you could tell it if it could work that out for itself you wouldn't even need like a pid loop anymore you could just forget pid loops because that's that's just a way of modeling what it needs to be doing if if it could work out for itself how it needs to react in order to counteract an input then you just yep. you'd use whatever that's doing that and not have to worry yeah. about a pid loop anymore and yeah, um, you're right. And I think the uh, the main argument for that that I've heard from Mark from UAV Tech is that PID loops work too well. <laughs> <laughs> it just work, man. Like, it's, yeah. Why well, try to reinvent the wheel, really, when we don't have to? And they're um, very well understood. They, you know, we've got them pretty computationally efficient at this point, having been used for the past hundred years. Uh, you know, it's it's a it's a pretty solid way of doing things. Um, but it does just mean that you have to kind of tweak it slightly. Um, and it's you know even in you know lots of pretty heavy industrial machinery, it's pretty common to have some pid loops that you have to tune and just like you say, you up the p until it starts wobbling, back it off, and and it's that's just that is the way you do things, unfortunately. Um, but and, uh, you, know, you should be able to tell a computer to do that <laughs> eventually. Yeah, the, I mean, particularly with flying quads, there's also a matter at some point of it being kind of you know down to taste. Like, 
some people are going to want it to be, uh, I don't know. I feel like some people are going to want it to be tuned slightly differently to other people. And I don't know if that's kind of part of sort of what you do as a service, like how much of it is, is you going, this needs to be tuned this way. And how much of it is someone goes, it doesn't feel quite right. I want it to be better in this way. And you're like, okay, well maybe try some of this how sure. how much of that is are you, are you trying to have to work out what people want it to fly like yep and i try to get that out of people every single time they send me a log or a dvr which i have to poke people all the time <laughs> they forget to tell me i'm like so how did it fly hmm. like i they just send me a log and they're like here it is i'm like okay well tell me did it fly like <laughs> did it fly awesome like <laughs> what's what's the deal and because, you know, sometimes an obj- like it can be objective or subjective, rather, where uh, I think it flies great and they think it flies like crap. Um, and with Betaflight, it really comes down to um, your, your PD balance is your PD balance. Your PD gains pretty much can be your PD gains, especially if you want to get into, like, no prop wash zone. You just need to turn it up and where your like the feeling comes from with beta flight is the stick response and the feed forward transition. So those two parameters there to in tandem together. And what I do is just crank the out of feed forward about to like 4.7 or 4.8 or 1.8 rather. And then I, then what I do to taper it off a little bit and make it a little more juicy or smooth is put the feed forward transition just at 1.0. Hmm. And then, of course, with a little bit of magic in my rates. And then, you know, just a little bit of smoothness in the middle, like 0.54 Expo. And I can be really, what I call it is real smooth in the middle and you on the edge. (laughs) (laughs) Bam! You know, like, bam, bam. If you ever watch me fly, it's very snap, snap. Like, really fast and then slow and fast, slow. Trying to get that, you know. I I bet it's not as harsh as Jack's. (laughs) <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Like, I should. I, do, you, do you want me to? Do you want me to Jax. send you my my? Uh, do you want me? If, if you, you want, if you want step changes, up? it's like Jack's Expo Not is somehow set up so that it's like you, you've got nothing in the middle, and then you get to the edge, and all of a sudden it's a million degrees a second. That's Jack's <laughs> like way preferred way to fly. <laughs> all right. My rates are eleven sixty per second, and it's. 1.45, Those are my freestyle rates. I've learned this weekend, this past weekend, that those are not my race rates. I'm just interested in in that about having the super rate lower, but having your base RC rate higher. So I always use like my base RC rate of one, and then usually I I dump my super eight up to 0.8 and then i might put some expo to, to spoof stuff out but i often notice that people get the same degree response by upping their rc rate and lowering their super and it very subtly changes the curve doesn't it about where where it flattens and where it goes but i've never really experimented with with having the higher rc rate and the lower super rate which i find yeah, quite it's really it's really subtle the expo Here. is where it gets really unsettled what are we looking at? Yeah. This is what KISS looks like, is it? Oh, yep. Yep. Yeah. That's not that bad, is it? Mm, I, they are, I think you've made that look yeah. better. Oh, no, these those last, aren't too bad. They, 
they look a little bit like Mr. Steel rates a little. Well, I, I reckon yeah. it's just like something in your like in your Tyrannus then. There's like some some curves, some lines, some something in there. Or maybe it just gimbal's just not connected. Does that, does that look alright? Uh pitch is too high on P. Really? And your D is too high. This is like a Mr. Steel tune on your on your D, but it depends. What motors are on this? Um uh T motors, um the V ones, the F sixties, twenty four fifty. Okay. Mm. I would definitely here you can show them the the tune. So take your see where it says presets. Drop that down yep. to user. And then drop that down and go find crunked golden starting point. <laughs> Hang on. This F G. I know there's J, quite a bit. Crunk. <laughs> I might have to tell me if I've gone past it. Hang on. Yep. Right there. That, that. See the golden so, starting point? Yep, that one. Got, yep. Now press I'm used. At, yeah, this uh, this this board's anyway. Because uh, check this out, right? Hang on, that's pitch, that's your. This is roll. Doesn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, kiss. Yeah, kiss. Kiss don't answer emails anymore. <laughs> Fly do we know? Yeah. Yeah. You've been trying to tell me that Kiss is wonderful and is the best ever. I'm not convinced by this board. I I, yeah. I think that it may have rolled into a few too many trees. Yeah. I, that's that's my diagnosis. Yeah. Yeah. Or it didn't like love the ultrasonic it. sonic I love very that much. When uh I'm on the beta flight groups on Facebook and someone will say, So I had a really bad crash and now XYZ doesn't happen. My response is always crash. <laughs> There, you, you crashed. <laughs> you said it. You you think that's why. Yeah, yeah, I used I used the shower to my boy Aries. I used his discount code, so my new my new controller is coming tomorrow. Yeah, Thanks, it, Aries. As much as it's it's kind of a solid state gyro, really there is a little bit of silicon wobbling around in there. Like, yep. it, it, that will break at some point, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, like my GoPro lens. I mean, yeah, that's that's slightly different. Um, that is just flying it into a tree. Um, but yeah, the, the gyro will at some point gone. break. Robin yeah, F FPV says, Jack, don't you, don't you swap out your gyros? Well, that seems like a thing that you'd do even if it was working, just desolder it and solder something else on there. You can, but it's um, like, I think... Like, yeah, it's, it's a lot of hassle, though. And also, they don't like heat very much, do they? It's a lot of hassle. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, have you seen your audio setup? Have you seen anything that you do in your <laughs> in your room, on your bench? Like, you live for hassle. You make things that, like, no one will ever see. No one will ever understand what you've done. But you will put yeah. weeks of labor into making something awkward and there yet, was a, another useful question from robin as well actually i'll just put on the screen here what do you think is people's biggest barrier to understanding tuning concepts is it the language and and for me it was okay when it was a just a pid but now it's 
feed forward, filtering, Thanks, all extra things that I I haven't bothered to learn because I'm too lazy and just want to fly. What what is it in your opinion? Uh, in my opinion, people get really really um, caught up on little things like set point tracking and filter tuning and other things that like they just get very obsessed over that I just sort of, you just sort of have to just brush over like, does it fly well? Okay, cool. Is this that point? Like, is the PD balance great and your step response on point, but your, your stick response and your log is a little off, but it flies like a dream. Stop looking at the log, you know, like there's, it comes to, that's what people over, over tune to a point to a fault where all of a sudden that's all they're doing and they have a great flying quad and then a crappy flying quad within the same session because they're changing stuff constantly or um, being really nitpicky about something. Or That's where I see a lot of people getting stuck on. But my set point tracking and I'm looking at it, I'm like, this log looks fine. Like, do you, okay, so do you, do you want the log to look nicer or do you want it to fly better? Like, which, <laughs> what is it? You know, like, are you chasing a log? Or are you trying to make your quad fly good? I, I can definitely see people within within the FPV community getting a bit too carried away with something that yeah, no one else will will be able to tell from yeah. seeing and and doesn't actually lead to their experience of flying it. But they they just want to know that it's the best it can be. Perhaps exactly. there's a special achievement for a perfect log. It's a little <laughs> thing that's ping, achievement unlocked. Perfect. Right. And a lot of the stuff that people also get hung up on can be really, like I think even Stinger Swarm or even Steel might have said it. I think that any a good pilot can fly any any quad, any tune. It doesn't matter. Like there's a lot of this stuff that you could you can tune your quad till you're blue in the face, but if you you know, if you still come straight down flat into your into your prop wash, your quad's gonna shake. Mm. <laughs> Stuff like that. It's just uh, you kind of got to get over the the yeah. efficiency of the machine <laughs> and overcome, I suppose, with your yeah. piloting. At some point, you've you've just got to get in the stick time and learn exactly. to fly well, um, <laughs> uh, which I have not done. Um, but uh, Curry said about you know the, the feed forward and like the the other sort of parts of tuning that have come in over the past few years. Uh, in, in terms of like the the P and the I and the D, we had that uh, GIF that I'm guessing was from Wikipedia. I don't know um, yep. uh, about kind of the traditional. PID loops and, and tuning that and getting the step response right. But how does the feed forward, like, do you have a, a kind of concept in your head of like what the feed forward actually is doing or means? Yeah. So feed forward is using your set point as I don't want to say it wrong. Cause someone will say something, <laughs> but the best way that I can think about it is it's, it's basically um, it's helping the P term push before there's any error. So, <clears throat> excuse me, there, um, for P, I, and D, you always need error, right? So you mm -hmm. always need your set point in gyro to be moving away. So like mm -hmm. when you push it to the left and you're doing a flip, you know, your quad at some point is, your set point is telling it to go left and the quad is no, not exactly where, the, where it's telling it to go. Mm -hmm. so, that, so P and D will start growing and start pushing it, right? So it has to have error. So you're always working in the past. Mm 
Hmm. So with feed forward, what it does is try to look in the in the future or the present as much as possible with your with your set point. So it's looking at how how fast you're moving it mm-hmm. and where you're moving it, and it'll start pushing before. So if you and it'll also stop before it causes overshoot. Hopefully, okay. Yeah. So if you look at the log, you can see the feed forward push before P and D even start, but then it'll stop and it'll go straight down. And that's because it's okay enough. Now P and D take over, let off. So it doesn't push for mm. too far. So it, it's, it's reducing the PID sum as well. Yeah. So it's, it's like, because you've thrown your, your stick to the left, you're definitely going to need some amount of left input. We're not sure quite how much yet. We'll work that one out once we're actually near that angle. But uh, right. exactly, we're going to put some in until you know we we know that we're kind of about right. Right, and when you're saying that you know when we're about right, et cetera, you're you're talking like eight thousand times a second. You know, <laughs> so like you're about right is like it's insane. Like the computational yeah. power that's going into those to those loops. So the the you know as those Exactly. It's what it's doing is reducing the PID sum, so it, it can see, it can put the the set point and the gyro trace closer together, hmm. and that's locked in. And is is that is is that what uh, is it something to do with that that the the PD gains and PD balances? Like, I haven't actually seen that one before, so that might be a new one on me, or maybe I'm just kind of missing the point there. Would you say that again? Are you saying is there a, is there a slider for it? Yeah, like the. P- that PD gains and PD balance isn't something I've seen before, so I'm just wondering if that's something to do with that or whether that's something else entirely. Uh, no, there is a slider for it called stick response slider, which directly manipulates the feed forward numbers. Hmm. So the more the more stick response on the sliders, so the sliders, like I said, have made a world of difference because it the PD balance is the ratio between P and D. Oh, right, right? okay. So that's your ratio, and then once you have hmm. that set, you can move the PD gain, and that'll keep the ratio locked uh, and move the PD okay. together in that ratio. So once you get your step response good, which is critically dampened, you know, yep. and, and your step response is cool, then you look at your, your set point tracking and how close your set point is to your gyro. And if you want it closer, like you want it really tight and sharp, you hmm. turn up speed forward until you like it. And, and hmm. like I said, from there, you can take it one step further and with feed forward transition. It's basically like inverted TPA for feed forward, if that makes sense. I never understood oh. TPA. I, I kind of <laughs> do. I kind well, of like, but not. It's also a yeah. misnomer because in data flight, it's only D term now by default. So it should just be called D term attenuation instead of mm. total uh, what it, pit attenu- uh, total pit attenuation throttle pit I think attenuation. that was mostly about the the i thing on tpa when it came out i thought it was it was dropping the i because it was expecting a certain amount of something i can't remember now i might be <laughs> <laughs> I might, maybe in the past me. not real sure <laughs> do, do you ever fiddle with it on kiss or do you leave it default uh which part the tpa Oh, I, I tr- now on Kiss, my philosophy is try to keep it default as possible. So I just feel like they know mo- something that I don't. 
of why <laughs> they need mm. to be exactly in that curve. And so I try my hardest to get the PID tune to conform to that TPA profile. So I don't, it's just one more layer. And honestly, Kiss flies so well already. Mm-hmm. Like you just try to keep as much default as possible. And I, it's the same philosophy with beta flight really, but unfortunately it's just less that you keep default. I, I guess yeah. most of these come out of the fact that, you know, you've got quads that like you say, most of them are going to be about five inches. And so there's the developers there going, Oh, we've, we found an issue where, you know, in this particular case, you, you don't have the, the as good a, as, step response as you could we'll write a little bit of code that deals with that particular case and but we don't know exactly how strong that little edge case bit of code needs to be so we'll put another little fudge factor there that we can tune and then hopefully at some point everyone agrees that that's about where it should be and we can just hard code that and we won't have to show that one ever again in the same way that sort of in in the olden days you'd pick a different pid controller you know you could pick your yeah, multi Wii or your what was Curry it? Curry, 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 and, uh, and floating an integer and all all of those, and then I, everyone I, I just only just went... remembered those. Now you've mentioned them. That that's the thing <laughs> of the past, isn't it? Weird. I remember yeah. them. I remember them because I was like, I want floating point. That sounds more accurate than using integers. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, and that what was a we... thing of like everyone would huddle around at the. You know, at the field and go. Oh no, I've tried this one, and this one's really good. Oh no, I I try that one, and then we just sort of eventually everyone kind of goes, okay, we've settled on this is the way that it's going to be implemented. That is the pig controller that's in there, and you don't have to worry about it anymore. And that has been my philosophy of tuning: is if you wait long enough, options go away, um, and I don't have to worry about them anymore. Uh, and I'm very glad that there are people like you out there who are working them out in the meantime. <laughs> <laughs> when asked Crunk, do you find if you crash this affects the pids uh not so much no it's gonna that is gonna be your props or your frame it will affect your your pids etc if you delaminate the hell out of your frame <laughs> and you cause some crazy motor noise and you have to turn stuff down like or it's old beater quad but typically no and you you should not have to change your PIDs after crashing. That's indicative of a physical thing that's happened that's changed with the characteristics of the quad. So oh, in a, no. in a, all things considered, you shouldn't have to. Frame grease. Yeah. Oh my god, this is um the dentist, isn't it? It's kebab. And no, yeah, it's, they, it's damp- damp- oh yeah, damp dampening grease, isn't it? Yep. And they're like one one micron of electrical tape's enough to <laughs> soft mount your arms. Oh no! Oh, Evan, we're going back to soft mounting. Is that what it is? Oh, oh my god! Like yeah. snake oil. What are we talking about here? Yeah, <laughs> I see. I suggested to Chris Rosser today in my Discord that that they just send the frame in a sardine can of grease, and just so the whole quad is just dripping in grease the whole time. I just thought that was, that was a funny visualization. <laughs> just a grease quad. <laughs> yeah, with a pit of bread. For like kebab. <laughs> <laughs> Greasy ass kebab. Oh my. Maybe it'd uh, make it easier to retrieve them out of trees. I don't know. Mm, oh my god. It'd be like if KFC made a quad. 
It would just be like a bar of soap in your hand. <laughs> yeah, <that's all. laughs> now, evidently, Chris Rosser's is a aerospace vibration guy. I don't remember exactly what he does, but he's been making some pretty cool videos about uh, frame resonance uh, modes with different frames that are popular. He did Apex. He did the Glide. Uh, he did the Armitan Marmot, I believe, uh, and maybe a couple others. But for some reason, he they think that Greece. I'm sure it probably in industry works really well, but I'm not sure that I'm ready to grease up my quad. Mm. <laughs> um, do, do, you, do you have a Patreon or a coffee or a, like any way to donate or anything, or is it just by your service? Nope, it's just the service. Uh, I mean, you can always donate if you want to my PayPal. Yeah. Just ask me and I'll send it to you. It's going to be a tip. We, we do worry. have uh, your link in the description below, crankedquads.com, uh, if anyone is interested. And looks like that takes you to a, a, a Google Forms to, to fill in. Super simple. I decide, It's funny how this all I conceived of the crunked quads thing. I did it while driving and I did it while driving back from a, a vacation and I just did it in the car real, like in a, at a rest area. I was like, I'm just going to do this with form real quick. And then I bought a domain and just pointed at it. And by the time I got home, I had somebody with submitted already. I'm like, Oh, that works. That's yeah. really simple. Just point a domain at a Google form. Cool. Done. <laughs> Oh, yeah, uh, the, the best temporary solutions always yep. become permanent solutions. Yeah, just it's yeah. easy. It's simple. You want to get a hold of me? Go type in the form, press send. I'll, it goes to my email. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to. I'll have to send you the like. I, I tune my buddy Dippy Dan's uh, Giffy one. I'll have to send you that tune and see what you think, and maybe I might take you up because I've just moved over to Reverb Frames. So okay. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to start again. I might, I might take you up, man. I might have to fill that. Well, you I might be just be able to, to use the the starting point. Honestly, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, well, I, I want you to critique and rip the <laughs> into me. So we might have to get you on like for the last ten minutes of a few shows and be like, no, dickhead, it's this. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, um, should we should we leave it there, guys? Um, You've been listening to uh, Let's Show Now. Big thank you to everyone who donated. So that's uh, Win Davis, Grumpy FBV. How many packs did I fly to the uh, Monday, Frank? Uh, six packs. Six doesn't packs matter. Jack. Doesn't matter what what this situation is. <laughs> nine. This is one was, pack. Jack, we're talking about nine. Nine. Um, uh, zero FBV. The best mod ever. If you see that guy, he's he's awesome. Um, and Menace RC, thank you very much, man. If you if you need any any Menace, if you need some antennas, man, let, let him know. Send him a send him an email. Tell him we sent you because he's he's a lovely guy. See cool. what you see what you think of the tuning of his antenna. There's no pits with that, mother. <laughs> <There's>, there <laughs> is tuning though. Uh, yeah, but, true. <laughs> uh, we will have to get uh, a load more fire next week. Uh, to to make yep. up for some of the donations this week, so tune in next week for lots of fire and Jack setting his hair alight. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> yeah, we'll light we'll light those guys up next week. Uh, thank you. Um, you've been joined by everyone's favourite curry kitten. Goodbye. Um, our Lord and Master Andrew slash Frank. Bye. Um, Crunked. Thank you so much. 
Yes, sir. Um, Thanks for having me. And I've been bright until I fly. Thank you guys so much. Remember to hit like, subscribe, share, tell people, and don't forget the hashtag Tony's mum. That's, uh, that's Tony's mum. No worries. Thank you. Good night. Bye. Telemetry lost.